Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 24. Here's verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says in his heart, my master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him. And at an hour he does not know, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we cannot look at the return of Christ as something that is never going to happen. This is an argument that, that comes up a lot, all right? In fact, even here on this YouTube channel, I've, uh, I've, I've had this discussion, I think more than once, really, wherein Christianity is oddly mocked because of what is perceived as a delay in the return of Christ without fully appreciating the fact that the first coming of Christ took well over twice as long as we've waited so far for his second coming. All right, he's not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness, but he is patient with us, not wanting, uh, not wanting anyone to be condemned, but wanting all men to come to repentance. That's an expression of the heart of God toward lostness, that he wants people to repent. And so he operates on a different perception of time than we have. Uh, it has actually not quite been 2,000 years since the ascension of Christ into heaven. I know we, we use that figure kind of roundly, right? but it's actually not yet been 2,000 years. We've got, we've got a, little bit of, a little over a decade until we cross that threshold, actually. Uh, in fact, it's not quite been 2,000 years, and even if you, if you hold to like the youngest of young earth theories, then wow, I mean, people waited over 4,000 years for the first coming of Christ. Uh, and if you have an older view of the age of the earth than that, then wow, I mean, who knows how long we actually waited for the first coming of Christ. So this is not something, this is not something that, that is a legitimate critique of Christianity. In fact, we don't know the time. If we did know the time and it came and went, you'd have reason to mock Christianity. But this is actually what the text says. No one knows the time. And it puts us in a position exactly as Jesus described, not wanting to get busted in sin. What do you want to be doing when Christ returns? When I grew up in Beulah, Florida, we had several acres and we had, uh, we had a big, big yard kind of in the interior of the property around my parents' uh, ranch style house with the porch going all the way around it. It's absolutely gorgeous still to this day. I've never seen sunsets and sunrises so beautiful as they are at the, the house I grew up in. And we would use like a riding snapper to cut, you know, the, the yards that were around the house. And then uh, back then before, before we got a better tractor, my dad had this old Ford tractor with a bush hog on the back of it. And we would use the bush hog all right, I think it's like a mower the size of this, this, this uh, workshop table to mow the pastures. So mowing the grass was like a, it was a whole day commitment, you know? And uh, if I would come home from school, if I like one of the handful of days in my, you know, childhood and teenage years that I didn't have football practice or drumline practice or something practice, um, it was important that I was getting to work on the grass, getting to work on the yard. 
and uh, I would get home from school. Immediately, I'd want to eat, you know, uh, and then, okay, maybe watch a little bit of TV, work on homework. Ah, I don't know. I'm not that studious just yet. Uh, but one thing I do know is that my dad's coming home. He gets off work at 4.30. You know, can you, you could set your watch by him. And uh, when he gets home, I want him to see me on the mower. Now, it doesn't, you know, in, in one sense, it's like, I, what I would be tempted to think was like, it doesn't matter when it gets mown. Like if it gets mown in the same day, either way, the sun's going down, the grass is getting cut. But I had to be at work when he got home. He preferred to come home and see me on the mower, see me making progress. Even if I wasn't done yet, at least I was doing something, all right? You get in trouble if dad comes home and you're sitting on the couch eating Cheetos. When Christ returns, what do you want him to catch you doing? It's a matter of spiritual integrity. Not everybody has eyes on you all the time. Right? And so when you lack accountability, when it's dark and nobody's around and you're adept at covering your tracks, what do you do in those times? May it be drawing closer to God, getting into his word, praying to him, evangelizing, using your spiritual gifts. May that be what you're caught doing when Christ returns. I pray that I don't get busted by God stumbling in sin. Of all the moments in history, that sacred moment. Let's go before God. We feel the urgency in this text because the timing of your return is deliberately a mystery for us. And even for Jesus, God, we don't want to get busted with your return caught in sin. This text leaves us in a constant state of having to repent from sin having to clean up our acts because we don't want to mistake your view of time for slowness. It is going to happen at exactly the time that you have preordained and foreknown since before the foundations of the universe itself, God, and you will not delay and you will not come earlier. You know exactly when you will return. We do not. And as a result, God, may you come and catch us doing your will. May you come, Lord, at a time when we have just finished praying with someone for the very first time, Jesus is Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you come, Lord, while we are using our gifts in your church, discipling our children, doing your will. May this linger ever in our minds. May this passage become like contact lenses through which we see our days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.